Well, I forgot to hit the record button last night, so here I am in a solo episode. Welcome to the Goal Line Fade Podcast. Well, that was about as as frustrating a mistake as I could have made. We lost a a fully recorded episode and uh, just kind of looked like idiots to any outside viewers as we sat on Skype talking like two podcast hosts for an hour with uh, with no recording being done. So I never really want to think about that again. But uh, just here on a short episode to kind of talk about some of the key highlights that Adam and I took away from week four um, and just a couple of predictions heading into week five as well. And I think the biggest story of, of week four of the season is um, potentially the, the beginning of COVID derailing this season, right? We, we saw, obviously, Tennessee have a massive outbreak of cases, having to have a game uh, delayed by a few weeks, and then um, kind of these spotty cases around other teams in the league. The Patriots had one. The Chiefs had one. I believe the Falcons had one. Um, we saw a few more over the course of this week as well. And there's, there's starting to be um, not anything crazy at this point but but some real possibilities of this season maybe being derailed Uh, the possibility of us not seeing the end of the 2020 NFL season and uh, that really is unfortunate we've gotten actually some pretty good football to this point even with um, all the craziness that there has been but um, as we know you know teams can't be um, they they can't be lax in keeping these protocols Uh, players are going to catch it this is highly infective and you, of course, don't want teams spreading it to other teams, so the NFL is doing their best. But um, I think this this week was a real sign of, of what could happen if teams and players are not serious about following these rules. Um, and I would say potentially this week was, was a good way to show the NFL that, that maybe going with the bubble approach um, would, have been, would have been the right way to do this, to really ensure quality NFL football that wasn't um, nearly as affected by the virus. The second big takeaway from this week was that the KC, the team that Adam and I were kind of discussing as um, the likely the best team in the NFL, right? The the team that looked like probably your your surefire um, Super Bowl contender going into the season, and, and especially after the first few weeks, um, they weren't invincible this week. The the Patriots defense managed to hold them to six points in a half. Um, Patrick Mahomes was was two drops by the Patriots defense away from from a two pick game. Uh, so it was kind of a weird situation in, in which Casey showed some weaknesses um, in that in that armor, but they also showed that they can't be held down forever. Did they score a crazy amount of points? No. Uh, but but after the first three quarters of football where the Patriots defense really had the Chiefs number, uh, they were able to come out and move the ball and make plays when they needed to. Their defense won them that game ultimately with a pick six, but Casey maybe isn't this uh, almost untouchable powerhouse they seem to be. And I, I think um, other teams are going to have to take uh, some some notes from the Patriots to move forward on how to beat this team. Third big story of this week, and, and maybe the most um, shocking one, uh, was the firing of Bill O'Brien just four weeks into this season. Billy O'Brien, of course, was functioning as the Texans' head coach and general manager, um, and he has now been relieved of his duties after essentially decimating what was a very, very promising football team, trading away uh, DeAndre Hopkins, trading away multiple high draft picks. And, and he's handing off now um, an organization in a bit of disarray to whoever is next. Romeo Cornell is functioning as their interim head coach for the time being. He did a fine job in Kansas City a few years ago in the same role. 
he probably isn't the long-term option, though. He's just going to do his best to right the ship of this somehow 0-4 football team. We were talking about them as a legitimate Super Bowl contender before the season started. They, they seemed primed for some kind of run, but, but have just not been able to really get anything going, not put anything together. And, and eventually, uh, when you're kind of the man who calls all the shots as a GM head coach hybrid, the success has to be on your shoulders. And so the failure does as well. So Billy O'Brien is out in Houston. I believe the plan is for Romeo Cornell to be the interim head coach and Jack Easterby to function as their general manager, um, also on an interim basis, uh, after which he will return to his normal role. And we'll see in, I mean, a long time. We're used to head coaches being fired after week 17. We'll see uh, in a few months here who will be taking over in that role. Um, also, it's it's kind of a sad thing to have to say, but uh, after this week of football, I think we've realized that uh, the whole of the NFC East probably should just be relegated to the CFL. Uh, that division is is an absolute dumpster fire. Every team is terrible. Dallas is, is far worse than they should be with Dak Prescott playing uh, absolutely incredible football, MVP-level football if he could throw a few more touchdowns. But the rest of the division, I mean, to, to illustrate the point, Philadelphia is currently winning the division. Uh, at 1-2-1, one, and one, and the only reason that they're winning the division is because they have a tie instead of a third loss. Uh, Washington's a mess, turning to Kyle Allen now at quarterback. Um, with Alex Smith as a backup, I would still love to see him hit the field again after this crazy recovery from that horrible leg injury. New York, I mean, just got screwed with the injury of Saquon Barkley. How do you continue to function without your best offensive piece and one of the best offensive pieces in the league? Philly has just been disappointing their defense, uh, if if my memory serves, has oh actually been pretty good. Uh, their offense has been abysmal, unable to to put up yards or points. Um, but the NFC East is is a mess. Uh, it's still anyone's division, mostly because they're all pretty terrible. I think Dallas realistically has the best shot. They seem to be a team who might be able to get their their crap together and move forward. But um, seeing a team that's first in the league in yards, first in passing yards, third in points scored. Um, managing to be one and three is absolutely crazy. Their defense is just terrible, averaging 36 and a half points given up a game. No offense can keep up with that. Kansas City couldn't keep up if their defense was giving up 36 and a half points a game. Uh, Dallas is the only team I could see really putting it together in that division for a chance at a run, but uh, it just seems like the NFC East might as well just be, be written off and moved on from. Finally, I think this week really posed us with the reality that the NFC likely is going to come down to Seattle and Green Bay once again. Uh, two teams sitting at 4-0. Seattle, obviously, uh, on, on the arm of Russell Wilson. And, and Aaron Rodgers is playing almost equally good football. I, I know Pro Football Focus actually has him ranked as playing better football than Russell Wilson at the moment. And, and both of their teams have benefited greatly from it. Um, Aaron Rodgers is turning guys off the street into weapons, and Russell Wilson is benefiting from his incredible weapons in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, and they're both cruising, and both of these quarterbacks are playing MVP-level seasons. Uh, both of them know what it's like to, to win a championship and obviously want to see more. But there are two other teams in the NFC that we really can't count out of that top list. I think Tampa Bay, now that Tom Brady seems to have kind of clicked in that offense last week, um, he's going to be getting all of his weapons on the field eventually once Chris Godwin can recover from this injury that is sewering my fantasy team. Uh, and L.A., shockingly, the Los Angeles Rams actually have looked okay. 
Jared Goff is playing very efficient football. Their defense is is every bit as good as I think we expected them to be. Their their weapons on offense have been helpful. Cooper Cup is continuing to look like a, a very, very top-tier NFL receiver. Robert Woods is doing great as well. Um, they can't be ignored. Both, both L.A. and Tampa, I think, should be seen as potential threats in the NFC, even in light of Seattle and Green Bay's very, very strong early season performance. Adam and I also wanted to, well, we did take this week to to talk about uh, the NFC West and our first divisional breakdown. We'll uh, redo that next week with a little more information than we had this one, um, because doing that alone without Adam's thoughts would pretty much just be a waste of time. Uh, so four games to look forward to in week five. One of them is going to be starting likely minutes after this upload is finished because of the late recording of this episode. But uh, the Bucks and the Bears are playing tonight, Thursday night football, um, in a game that I don't think anyone expected to be a clash of two three and one football teams, and also a rematch of Tom Brady and Nick Foles from the Super Bowl a few years back, except both in very very different circumstances. Uh, the Bears have kind of shocked the football world with with Mitch Trubisky somehow leading them to a three and one record, and yet getting benched in the process. And Tom Brady, as I said, has just kind of clicked in that Bucks offense. It seems um, it's going to be a good football game tonight. It's it's really. Um, hard to know if the Bears are for real, and I think we will learn tonight as they face what should be a, a strong Tampa offense, even if they are hobbled by some of the injuries in the receiving core. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a game that is going to probably tell us a lot about both of these teams because uh, Chicago's defense has been quite strong to this point in the season, but it's fair to ask the question of, is that because of competition? And if, if you can do that to Tom Brady and the Bucks, well, you know that defense is legit, and their offense has had big question marks, but can Nick Foles now come in and really strengthen that offense against what has been a very, very strong Tampa Bay defense, fourth in total yards, second in rushing yards given up, and eighth in points. They're good. Nick Foles has his work cut out for him going into the game tonight. Another kind of shockingly important game is, is the Colts and Browns game this Sunday. Another two three-and-one teams who I think the Colts were, were kind of expected to be there, but Cleveland, especially in their division, um, three-and-one is a good place to be. They're, they're going to continue to fight, and they both teams really um, are going to be looking for wins. Indianapolis uh, is currently second in their division. Cleveland is currently third. Again, both at three-and-one, um, and both of them are going to need to keep winning games if they want a realistic shot at the playoffs. Cleveland definitely has more of an uphill battle having to deal with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, two very, very good football teams. Uh, Indy has to unseat Tennessee, which I don't know what to think about them yet. I, I really don't know if this team is for real. I don't really know um, how sustainable uh, a constant running game is, right? You don't want to be one Derrick Henry injury away from essentially calling it a season. So they both are going to have to be um, yeah, really realizing the importance of this Week 5 game. Uh, what's kind of crazy to me is Indianapolis's defense, um, almost first in every single category, first in total yards, first in passing yards, fourth in rushing yards, first in points at only 14 a game at the moment, and first in, uh, in third down conversion percentage. Their defense is legit. Uh, Cleveland, though, has an incredibly strong rushing attack, and uh, even though you can't call it a weakness, technically the rushing or the running game is what the Colts' defense is the weakest against. So this, to me, seems like a battle that the Colts win uh, all day. They, uh, they have been surprisingly good. Phillip Rivers has been um, better than expected, a 72.7 completion percentage out of a guy who generally was just a gunslinger whipping the ball downfield. Um, their receivers, I think, 
well, they've spread the ball at a ton. No one's had a super crazy impressive season. Jonathan Taylor has stepped in and, and played um, well enough as a rookie running back. Um, they have, a, as a defense, seven picks already in four games. They're, they're ready to go. Uh, and I think this is the Colts game on Sunday. The Chargers and Saints is another fascinating one, and this is actually a nice one to get to talk about today rather than the recording from yesterday because Justin Herbert has officially been named the starter for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Anthony Lynn apparently liked what he saw out of Herbert, and even though he hasn't been spectacular, uh, your team is 1-4, and four, and that usually means it's it's time to, to hand the rookie the reins. He has thrown three picks already in his little bit of game action, which is disappointing, but uh, 72 completion percentage is solid. We're seeing really high completion percentages kind of across the board in the league this year. Um, Austin Eckler being hurt isn't great for them, but the Saints have also been a disappointment this year. Uh, at the moment, being 2-2, two and two, um, not really what we were hoping for from a, from a very good football team from last year. Uh, Drew Brees has been good, uh, but not great. A pretty standard 70 completion percentage for him. Only 250 passing yards per game, though. Eight touchdowns, two picks. Alvin Kamara has been... Uh, not shockingly, the absolute star of that offense, already having 30 catches, 50 rushing attempts, uh, sitting at seven total touchdowns in these games without Michael Thomas. He was the the weapon they needed. Uh, I think the Saints really need to pull out a win tonight if uh, if they're expecting to be able to compete um, for a playoff spot. And then finally, Buffalo and Tennessee is a game to look forward to if it gets played. The COVID thing with Tennessee is still very real. This game is in jeopardy. For all I know, by the time this goes up, it already will have been canceled or, sorry, postponed, I guess. Um, but that's two very good football teams. Buffalo has been playing unreal. I hate it, but Josh Allen has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at this point in the season. 12 touchdowns, one pick, another 70 completion percentage. Absolutely insane for a player who, in his first two seasons, looked like uh, one of the more poor draft busts in recent memory. Um, and their defense has been underwhelming compared to what I think we were expecting from them, but but they've been carried on the arm of Josh Allen uh, to, to currently having the second-best passing attack in the league yardage-wise. Tennessee, on the other hand, of course, um, has Derrick Henry, but they've actually had a very balanced offense, being 10th in both rushing and passing yards, uh, 12th in total points. Really, their offense isn't too dangerous, and their defense, uh, quite frankly, is bad, but they are sitting at 3-0. and there are some questions about strength of schedule. They, they beat the Broncos, who to this point are 0-4. They beat the Jags, who uh, realistically the Jags are the Jags, let's just be honest. And they beat the Vikings, who also are 0-4. So Tennessee still has a lot to prove, and if they could beat the Bills, that would, that would do it. Um, it it's going to be a tough matchup. So going into the week, without too much uh, breakdown here, just some potential fantasy starts Adam and I had thought of. Antonio Gibson for the, the Washington football team, stupid name. Uh, he had a good game last week, and I think with Kyle Allen going in, we saw Kyle Allen favor Christian McCaffrey so much last season. Antonio Gibson's a receiving back in a PPR league. He's going to have a ton of value. Adam also likes uh, both Teddy Bridgewater and Keenan Allen going into this week, two guys going into matchups that, that make a lot of sense for them. And I also think New England's defense is probably a pretty good pick. Uh, they, they showed a lot against... Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and even with Stephon Gilmore testing positive for COVID and, and almost certainly to miss that game they don't need him JC Jackson is, is one of the best corners in football having Stephon Gilmore and JC Jackson together uh, is absolutely absurdly unfair but but Denver is injury hobbled JC Jackson will be able to match up against their top receiver and I think you're 
looking at a Patriots team that really wants to beat up on someone after letting that Chiefs game really slip through their fingertips. Finally, just uh, kind of a, a fun player of the week prediction from me before the end of this episode. I'm really excited to see what Kyle Allen's about to do in Washington. It, honestly, if it was me, I'd be starting Alex Smith instead. I, I get that I'm not seeing him in practice and seeing where he's at, but Alex Smith was very, very, uh, well, Alex Smith was good before his injury, and Kyle Allen, uh, though he's young, still has a lot to prove, but but I really think that this is the week uh, Washington needs a statement win. Kyle Allen needs a statement win to secure himself a starting job in the NFL, um, and I think the Rams are the team to do it against. They're a team that has been very good, uh, to this point, but I think no one expected them to be here. So I'm just going to say, I think Kyle Allen's going to be the star of the week. I think we're going to see a huge performance from him um, and something that probably locks down that starting job for him and in a horrible NFC East maybe makes Washington a contender. So that's just a brief uh, breakdown of, of this week of football and, and looking at, or sorry, of last week of football and looking into this week as well. Um, I'm going to hit the record button next week. I hope Uh, And we'll be here to break down week five and, and look forward to week six. We'll see you all again next week.